welcome to Second Look. This is the show where we take a second look at things going on in politics and culture, issues, events, you name it, we can talk about it. I'm your host, Benjamin Green, and this show is brought to you by the Outset Network. Check out all of our podcasts at outsetmagazine.com slash podcasts. Well, I am excited about today's episode. Don't, don't you like the title? I, I think it's a wonderful title. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope it got you to click on it, but I promise it's not clickbait. Uh, I do believe that the Constitution of the United States is in fact overrated, and I have five reasons why. And we will get to those reasons in just a minute. I was going to make today's episode about something different, but I put that off until next week when I was talking to Caleb Franz. He is our podcast director here at Outset, and he is also the host of Maliberty, the voice of liberty for a new generation. That's our uh, libertarian-focused podcast. Um, but I was talking to Caleb, and he reminded me that this coming Sunday, September 17th, is Constitution Day, celebrating the signing of the U.S. Constitution. And let me just say this, I will be celebrating Constitution Day. I am loyal to the Constitution. I think it's a good governing document. I think it's one of the best to arise in all of human history. I wish we followed it today. Um, I, I haven't you know, devoted a whole lot of research in my life to systems of government around the world and through history. I just know the basics here and there. And I, I'm very happy to have grown up in the United States. I'm very pleased that we have such a good constitution and especially, you know, the Bill of Rights, very important document over the years. I think that's been proven time and time again. Um, but you know, I, I I am pleased with the Constitution. I don't believe for a moment that it's divinely inspired. I know a lot of people seem to think that. I don't know. I think that's weird. I cringe when people talk that way. It's a human document. And it, it has human errors. And I do think that it is, by and large, overrated. I think, especially on the right, the Constitution, and I used to be one of these people, everybody's just like, well, all we need to do is go back to the Constitution, and if people would just listen to the Constitution, then everything would be great. Well, if people listen to the Constitution, I really think we'd be in a better place than we are right now, but I don't think that everything would be great. I think that we would still have a lot of problems. It's not a perfect document, is all I'm trying to say. I'm pleased with it, but it's not perfect. So, without further ado, five reasons why I think the Constitution is overrated. Number five. We're going to count backwards like cool people. Number five. The power to tax made it too easy to spend. Now, I don't remember what I have said on this show in the past, because I used to be a libertarian. I am no longer a libertarian. I, I might have said some stuff on this show in the past that I no longer agree with. Um, I don't remember what I've said about taxes, but let's just set the record straight. And Caleb, I hope you're listening to this. Taxation is not theft. Taxation, as it currently exists in the United States anyway, is not 
theft because it is a voluntary exchange. But that's a story for another time. Even before the income tax, the, the Constitution gave Congress the power to tax. Um, the, the U.S. government did not have that power under the Articles of Confederation. And that is a power that the Constitution granted to the federal government. And and this ensured that the federal government would have a constant stream of money. And it, it's only natural that when you have a constant stream of money, bloat follows. And we end up with what we have today, this behemoth federal government. And I think even people who are more positive about government than I might be would would acknowledge that our government is is huge. I, it's gigantic and and um, bloated and it, it's only natural that when you provide a constant stream of revenue to something, it's going to grow. I mean, it, think of it like a literal stream in nature. When a stream runs through, plants grow, animals come. It it naturally over time that ecosystem develops because of that stream well it's kind of the same way when when we give a government money it grows and i think that uh the this growth of the government it made it too easy to spend and we have this huge national debt that um we're pretty much never going to be able to pay off i don't think anybody has a good plan for paying it off you know we have the famous Paul Ryan plan, but hey. Um, one of the interesting things is Alexander Hamilton actually was a big fan of the national debt. He thought it would do well to promote national unity and draw us closer together, but hey, that's just a side note. The, the national debt is a problem. I think pretty much everybody agrees when the other side is in power that the, the national debt is a problem. Uh, and I don't believe that we would have a national debt as big as we have today if we had not granted to the federal government the power to tax. I, I think that that power um, is easily abused and it's almost an invitation for reckless government spending. So that is number five. The power to tax made it too easy to spend. Number four, the checks and balances do not work as well as they are supposed to. Um, the, the creation of the executive branch, I think, was an invitation to authoritarianism, even though, according to the Constitution, the legislative and executive branches have equal mandates, it doesn't feel like it. There is a natural pull toward executive power. When they were creating the Constitution, these checks and balances were considered to be safe. Nobody wanted one guy leading the government, really. Nobody wanted that. I, you, you grow up, you hear about people who wanted to make George Washington king. Those people did exist, but the dominant voices in society um, did not want one person in charge. They'd been burned by the king's intolerable acts. And and so putting this one person as a sort of figurehead for the government, um, they thought that it was safe enough. But over the years, it's turned out, you know, that they're very wrong. The balance of power has ended up being not at all what the framers envisioned that it would be. Um, you know, we have a Supreme Court that the dominant purpose in, in 
What most people think that the purpose of the Supreme Court is, is judicial review. Well, judicial review is not actually a power granted to the Supreme Court by the Constitution. That's just something that happened over the years. Well, now we have an executive branch, a, a, an, an imperial presidency. We have a, a president who most people think is kind of in charge of everything. Well, that's not how it was supposed to be. And then even the Congress, which was supposed to be, if one branch were the most powerful, it was supposed to be the legislative branch, but, but they have ceded authority to the courts and to the executive, but it in turn has usurped authority from the states. The, the federal government has not worked the way it was supposed to work. So clearly the checks and balances were ineffective. Now, I will grant to you that perhaps some of the weakness in checks and balances is due to the way that the particular kind of party system that our political system has developed. But still, um, we don't have three separate but equal branches of government. We don't. Wow, that phrase separate but equal. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Three co-equal branches of government. We, we don't have that. We don't have a federalist system between the states and the federal government. It just hasn't happened. Um, it, it hasn't remained that way. So defect number four, reason it's overrated number four, the checks and balances in the Constitution don't work as well as they're supposed to. Defect number three, it was only designed to govern one type of people group. The Constitution was incredibly well-suited to late 18th century America, throwing off their um, shackles of colonization and whatnot. Uh, but the system of government created by the U.S. Constitution is not well-suited to govern all peoples everywhere. It is not even well-suited to govern American people throughout time. One of the most dangerous exports, if you will, of America is democracy. We have intervened, and even in places where we haven't intervened, um, countries with presidential systems, as I mentioned in number four, the executive branch is an invitation to authoritarianism. You get one popular charismatic leader in there and they can take all this authority for the executive branch and people let them do it because they're popular and then things go really bad. Um, dictatorships arise and even when they're not that bad, they're still not good. Uh, the the fact of the matter is that the American system is just not a good system for the whole world. It it just isn't. And even, I would argue, it's not a good system for us anymore. Uh, you know, John Adams famously said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Adams thought that uh, unbridled human passion would, unchecked by the government, rip through the Constitution, quote, as a whale goes through a net. He thought that giving people the particular freedoms that the Constitution protects, um, that people having those freedoms unchecked by human authority would be 
dangerous. Um, I would argue that in America, we are far more likely to break apart than to have um, a dictator take office, given that, you know, it's happened once before in our history and um, how resistant Americans are to having authority over them. But needless to say, I don't think the constitutional system is serving us well at the moment. And people have all sorts, a lot of people agree with this, and people have all sorts of theories about why that is. Um, Some people say it's just because people don't know enough about the Constitution. There's some truth there. Other people say that people don't care about the Constitution, and there's some truth there. But, but regardless, it, it is, it was not designed to govern American society as we have it today. The, the framers were not anticipating um, the future changes that would happen in society at all, at, at least not the extent of them. And, you know, the, also the famous Franklin quote, a republic if you can keep it. Well, keeping a republic is something that is incredibly difficult to do, and their generation uh, was well-suited to do it, but ours, perhaps not so much. So reason number three, the Constitution is overrated. It was only designed to govern one type of people group, one particular culture. Reason number two, and this one, if you are more... um, I guess liberal would be the right word, but I don't know. If you are not as far right as I am, this one might seem strange to you. Um, I think reason number two why the Constitution is overrated is that it's too easy to change. Um, And it leaves society open to radicalism. This is, I think, one of the biggest problems with parliamentary systems is that you know, one party gets in control and they can pretty much do whatever they want. And while the American system was specifically designed to make it hard to do things, it was with these co-equal branches that are supposed to be at each other's throats, but it was way easier to change things than it was under the Articles of Confederation. This is one of the most frequent critiques of the Articles of Confederation, but I think it's actually one of their biggest strengths. The Articles required unanimous consent to amend anything. All of the states had to sign on. All of them had to agree. And I think this is good. I I think that we would be a lot better off today. Uh, really, well, honestly, I think we'd be better off today if, instead of making the Constitution, they had just changed some things about the articles if they had just amended them um, to to improve them. But anyway, I think that if we had retained this one thing from the articles that all of the states had to agree to amend things, I think we'd be better off today. I, I think we wouldn't have seen an income tax. I think we wouldn't have seen the direct election of senators. I um, The couple of the downsides, it would have taken longer to um, extend the right to vote to women and African-Americans, um, that, that would have definitely taken longer. And those would be unfortunate defects of having this unanimous consent. But honestly, I, I think 
that it it's more inherently federalist to have unanimous consent that there should be you know if the states matter if the states are important as units of authority then there's no reason that my state of Arizona should be able to make a law to to be a part of making a law that will go into effect in Texas if the state of Texas does not consent to that law Otherwise, we're just saying that the states are not important and requiring only two thirds of states to to vote on things to to change things. I I think that's not good. I, I think it it made things too easy to change and actually undermined the states themselves. And da, 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 da. The number one reason why I think the U.S. Constitution is overrated is fragility. Fragile fragility. In case you couldn't hear what I said, I guess. I don't really know why I said it a second time. Moving on. I think that the Constitution in creating a nation state was unwise. If you look throughout history, the centralized nation-state has always universally failed. Some last longer than others. Whether a monarchy, democracy, republic, no matter what system of government, each attempt at creating a centralized nation to conquer a large territory has failed. And each time that one of these big nation-states comes around, whether we're talking about ancient Egypt and Nubia or about Rome. Um, Any time one of these big centralized nation states comes around, they fail. And we're not at that point yet, but, you know, it'll happen someday. Someday the American system will fail, unless we decentralize. Um, if, if you look at systems that have city-states and stuff like that, they lasted quite well until the cities ended up giving their authority over to a a bigger government or, you know, being conquered by a a bigger nation state. But anyway, the the centralized nation state is a fragile entity. You know, just what I was talking about earlier with the the national debt, um, the, the fact that there is this huge national debt, you know, maybe people from Maine didn't want to spend the money that people from California did. Well, now Maine is liable for California's um, expenditures <laughs> through the U.S. government, and it it puts Maine in a more fragile place. Now, if the federal government fails, we all hurt. Um, and if we were independent states who simply partnered together for the common defense and a few other things like was true under the Articles of Confederation, it would be much less fragile. You know, if the state of Virginia had gone into economic collapse, people could move a little bit to North Carolina where things were not so um, intertwined with the Virginian economy necessarily that they'd be able to survive. Uh, Having the decentralized government let tends toward long-term um, anti-fragility, which is something I will definitely talk about in a podcast in the future. It's a concept I'm quite fascinated by. You can just ask my wife. I bring it up all the time. <laughs> but anti-fragility is something I believe should be pursued 
at all times when it comes to government. And the Constitution made our union of states inherently more fragile. So, there you have it in celebration of Constitution Day coming up next Sunday. Five reasons why I think the Constitution is overrated. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out all of the other Outset podcasts at outsetmagazine.com slash podcasts. And definitely go give us a rating in iTunes where you can subscribe and not miss a single episode. But those ratings get us key exposure that we need to grow this network and get you even more great content. You can find Outset anywhere online at Outset Network, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at BeanAZ. I hope to hear from you. Let me know what you thought about this episode, and we'll see you next week.